Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guest, just a quick reminder, the selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store. And our app name on all platforms is The Author Show. Our book, Bone Necklace, is an exquisite, meticulously researched, culturally and historically authentic, and flat-out heart-wrenching book. That's what's being said about Bone Necklace, the debut historical fiction book by our guest, Julia Sullivan. If you are a fan of Native American history, you won't want to miss any of this interview. Julia, welcome to the author show. Thank you, Linda. I'm glad to be here. Julia, will you please give us a quick overview of Bone Necklace? Bone Necklace is inspired by a true story of a small band of Native Americans who held off four converging armies so their families could escape to Canada. Where did the inspiration for Bone Necklace come from? I visited one of the battlefields uh, from this war back in 2000, and I was so moved by the scenery, the imagery, the story that I learned there that when I got home to Washington, D.C., where I was practicing law at the time, I started researching this tribe. I spent months in the National Archives, the Library of Congress. I was amazed by everything I learned. And writing was kind of a way for me to just organize my thoughts. I had no intention originally of writing a novel, but it kind of evolved into that over time. It's kind of strange how things take on a life of their own, isn't it? <laughs> it really did. I Pretty soon I had two bookshelves, big bookshelves full of books and pamphlets and copies of documents about this tribe. It kind of became an obsession, honestly. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Have you always been a fan of Native American history? No. This, this really... <laughs> This story just really took me and it owned me for about 20 years while I worked on this novel, sort of on and off. I can't really explain why this story became such an obsession for me other than to say that I really connected with that place, with that battlefield on the Big Hole River. And I just I, I just became fascinated by the story and everything I learned just drew me in a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and Pretty soon, I just I just had to write this book to, to sort of get it out of my system almost. What type of reader will most enjoy reading Bone Necklace? I wrote the kind of book that I like to read. I love historical fiction because I love a book that sort of sweeps me to a different place in a different time. It teaches me something about a different culture and a different period in our history. I like books that include big events and how they affect individual people. So, you know, I often say that this book will appeal to anybody who likes stories about the West, about the American westward expansion, about Native American history. But I also, I have learned that the most of my readers are people who take a particular interest in social justice issues. And uh, I was told by my 
publisher that most of the audience for a book like this would be sort of middle-aged men. And actually, most of my audience is uh, young women, which is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't don't know. It's... um, I hope a variety of different readers will enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, I read somewhere that it took you nearly 20 years to finish your book. Was this because of research or did life just get in the way? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Both? It's also because I had never written fiction before. And I'm a lawyer, so I write, you know, all day, every day. And I thought I knew how to write, but... It's embarrassing to say now, but I didn't appreciate how different fiction was from more technical writing, which is what I'd always done. So I wound up having to take classes and go to conferences and really study how to write fiction. And that really slowed down the process for me. It was a great journey. I've never enjoyed a project as much as I enjoyed this one. Well, how much of Bone Necklace is fact and how much is fiction? That's a great question, Linda. Whenever I read historical fiction, I want to know what bits were true and what bits were not. And so I included a fairly lengthy author's note at the end of Bone Necklace, which tells the reader uh, what was true and where I invented. The historical events depicted in the novel, meaning the war, what started the war, the specific battles, how they came out what happened at the end. All of that is historical. The thing that I fictionalized was if you tell the story in a historically accurate way, there are just too many characters and there are too many people to keep track of, too many names to remember. Okay. And, And too many, there were three major battles, but there were a number of smaller skirmishes. So I really wanted to simplify the story. That's why I fictionalized it really. So Okay. Your central characters are Jack Peniel, the drunken son of the local sheriff, and Running Bird, a Nez Perce warrior. What is their connection? Well, it's kind of a spoiler alert, but um, Jack and Running Bird had the same mother, Ah. uh, which Jack doesn't fully realize at the beginning of the story. So that's a little bit of a spoiler, but... I also wanted to have, I wanted to tell a balanced story. So I didn't want to tell it entirely from the Nesper's perspective or entirely from the army perspective. And Jack is sort of a character who is a militiaman. So he's not regular army and he's half Nesper's. So I felt like he could add some balance to the storytelling. Well, how does your title, Bone Necklace, fit into your story? One of the themes of the story is how we can find beauty in tragedy. And there is an actual bone necklace. It's a, you know, piece of bone pulled from a carrion pile, something ugly that Jack, who's an artist, turns into something beautiful. And it's an it's the necklace that gets passed down through generations. So it was really intended to sort of reflect that theme. It's also the name of one of the characters in the book. Well, did any of the Nez Perce peoples return to the U.S. after fleeing to Canada? They did. There were nearly 300 who were granted political asylum in Canada, and some of them eventually chose to return to the U.S. to live with their relatives on 
the reservation either in Idaho, Washington State, or Oklahoma. So yeah, some of them did come back, but many of them lived in Canada for the rest of their lives, and there's still a Nez Perce diaspora in Canada. Did you have the opportunity to speak with any of the descendants on other either side of this war? I made a particular effort to reach out to members of the Nez Perce tribe to make sure that I portrayed them in a culturally authentic way. So I did work with a Nez Perce cultural advisor who was great. I did not work with descendants of, I'll say, General Howard, who was the military commander at the time. And Jack, of course, is um, a fictional character, so... I made him up, but I made a particular effort to make sure it was culturally authentic from the Nez Perce perspective. Julia, are you writing another book now? And if so, will you give us a quick teaser? I am writing another book now, which I'm pretty excited about. It's um, set in a similar time frame. It's set in 1897, and it involves the 25th Infantry, which uh, was known as the Buffalo Soldiers from Fort Missoula. What would you like readers to remember once they've finished reading Bone Necklace? I feel like America's westward expansion is too often portrayed in literature um, and even in history books as a tragedy where uh, there was something, some fatal flaw in the character of the Native American people that sort of doomed them to this violent and tragic fate. And I, I deeply dispute that characterization. I think it tries to place the blame for what happened on the victim, the indigenous peoples. And uh, Bone Necklace is my effort to confront that lie, to illustrate that white people and Native American people could have lived in peace. Um, I concur with that 100%. Nothing irritates me more than... Uh, when I hear about immigration and we don't want any immigrants when the white people came in and destroyed so many of the native peoples and that needs to be brought to the forefront. So Julia, will you please read a short excerpt from Bone Necklace for our listeners? Sure, I'd be happy to. I'm going to read you the beginning of the book from chapter one. At the sound of chocolate bars, deep-throated growl, Jack scrambled to his feet and grabbed the hawk and rifle leaning against a scrubby white bark pine. He found the dog crouched at the foot of a massive basaltic boulder, burying his teeth at a buff-colored mountain lion. The cat had been stalking Jack and his dog all day, all the way up a steep ridgeline overlooking Hell's Canyon, but Jack was surprised at the predator's boldness now, venturing so close to his camp. The cat let out a hair-raising howl, high-pitched and apocalyptic, the kind of sound Jack imagined he'd hear the day he finally arrived in actual hell. Dog's growl was a low, dull rumble, like distant thunder gathering momentum. Jack's mule, Hammertoe, shuddered and bucked at the end of her picket line. Her instinct was to run, but the picket kept her moving in frantic circles. Jack wedged the Hawkins' worn maple stalk between his shoulder and his cheek, aiming at the mountain lion's chest. He felt the rifle's cold trigger against his finger, but he didn't pull. The cat was such a beautiful thing, so sleek and daring and dangerous. 
Jack had loved mountain lions ever since the day he saw one sitting on top of a giant cactus. For all their beauty, all the elegance of their movements, all the heat in their fiery eyes, cats sometimes made spectacularly bad decisions. Jack, whose life had been one bad decision after another, understood the astonishment, the bewilderment, the futile regret of that cat on top of the cactus, almost as if they were kin. He hollered, hey, hey, and fired the gun in the air. The muscular cat took the warning and bounded away. She flew to the top of a rocky outcropping, 15 feet or more in a single leap, and disappeared in the fading light just as silently as she'd arrived. Chocolate bar, about the same size as the cat, chased after her, snarling and full of bloodlust, but the dog couldn't hope to match the mountain lion's retreating speed. He ran back and forth from Jack to the base of the high, bony shelf where the cat had disappeared, moaning and sniffing every footmark she'd left. Hammertoe trembled, brayed, and reared against her picket line, which only tightened the knot. Jack stood in a patch of wild buckwheat, holding the hot-barreled rifle, breathing in gun smoke. You'd have died gloriously if you'd caught her, he told the dog, but you'd have died all the same. That is a wonderful excerpt. I'm a cat lover, big cats, small cats, and uh, 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 I could just feel that cat and what he was thinking. So where can we learn more about you, and where can we purchase a bone necklace? You can visit my website, juliasullivanauthor.com. It has links to purchase the book. It has excerpts from the book. And um, it also has a number of reviews from the book, which have been really good. There's also some more information about me if you're interested. We've been talking with Julia Sullivan, author of Bone Necklace. Julia, thank you for spending time with us to share the story of the Nez Perce and the last Indian War. You've written a book that I believe will stay with the reader long after they've reached the last page. When you publish this next book, will you please come back and chat with us again? Of course, I'd love to. While deeply rooted in American history, this remarkable story continues to resonate illuminating modern debates around the institutional racism, journalistic bias, and the call for courage in times of moral crisis. Well, if that sentence in this interview has you wanting more, go to juliasullivanauthor.com and order your copy today. And when you finish reading, don't forget to post your review. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with their author. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. Theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.